Hi, welcome to another episode of Oscar Central. I'm Kinsey and I'm here with Lex. How are you? I'm good. I um, have just come off of a Twilight Marathon over the weekend. I watched all four. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, five. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, it really honestly really did set the tone. Like it put me in the right mindset to talk about Titanic. So that's really <laughs> good move they're like blockbusters I love and admire you know yep exactly how as um Nicole who's also here our Titanic correspondent but also our Sonic correspondent I am I am I'm here (laughs) poor Kinsey and Lex are getting to like watch me eat my Sonic dinner as we podcast also I just realized I forgot I was gonna wear my Titanic shirt today but instead I'm in my Steve Harrington shirt wait um not in the stranger. I'm in my Stranger Things, Things sweatshirt. So I'm oh wearing God. Princess Diana shirt. But you know, that kind of fits the 90s vibe of Titanic. I am I'm going to assert right here and now that I think that Joe Curie would be a good Jack Dawson. Um, and that's the theming happening the hair. today. The hair. It's the, the hair. hair. The hair. <laughs> it's the most important thing happening. The innocence. <laughs> the innocence. Exactly. You know. Um, exactly. We did do a quick poll on our Twitter. If you don't follow us, it's Oscars underscore central of um, something I, I brought up in our group chat, but if Jack had lit, had never met Rose, would he have lived? No. I say no, because his buddies didn't make it. Yes. But his buddies died in traumatic, like, his buddies were struggling to get out because of the ship because they were not with Jack, who was the most resourceful of the bunch. But I maintain he's like trying harder because he's trying to save her. I, he pr- honestly, it's Jack Dawson. He probably would have gotten wrapped up trying to save somebody's random kid and ended up dying. That almost that almost happens. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think he would have had somebody that he was putting up on that door instead of him, no matter what. I think he would have been crushed by the steam release thing. The smokestack the thing, yeah. I like yeah. that Nicole's the only person who knows what it's called. We're like the thing that's called. <laughs> I don't know that that's the right thing to call oh. it. Like, I'm making a suggestion, not giving an answer. Um, the paper towel roll looking thing. <laughs> he would have been crushed by that. No, <laughs> Um, so far, 61.5% of the people who voted think he would have lived. So I think they're all lying to themselves. I think wow. it's the same thing as people who are like, oh, he could have fit on the ra- on the door and they could have both lived. No, no, well, he I have. just don't understand that argument because they make it really obvious in the movie that it would have like not floated had they exactly. both been on it. So I'm like, where are you getting you meant literally like okay it's just because like yes if that door was lying on solid ground they could have both laid on it does not mean they could both use it as a rack because so i'm pretty sure there's a mythbusters episode where they do it and i did not watch it but they didn't do it in the water so i'm like why right what like this i don't care that they both could have fit on it like would it have floated like i right. just don't like like, you know, Lexi and I could both stand on a piece of paper at the same time. It doesn't mean that it would be 
good raft. Like, <laughs> like totally making everyone mad like five minutes in. Great. It's great. But so this is our second episode in our Titanic miniseries that we're doing. Um, we're pretending we're doing it in honor of a new James Cameron movie, a new Leo movie, because that movie has not been delayed officially. So please stop. Um, but in a new Kate Winslet movie, which is the James Cameron movie. Um, but honestly, I just want to talk about Titanic. I don't really need a reason. Um, but professionally, that is the reason that we're doing this. If anyone asks. We are an Oscars podcast and it won Best Picture. Done. Literally done. No more questions asked. No more questions. Um, so- Get ready for our Lawrence of Arabia series. <laughs> I passed this carpet place called um, Lawrence of La Brea on La Brea (laughs) Avenue. Wait, that's incredible. (laughs) And I laugh every time, but I'm like, is this like offensive a little bit? Like, (laughs) I think it depends who owns it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know anything about it because I don't need carpet. But like, I I do laugh every time I drive past it. And it's also one of the biggest stores I've seen on the street. And I'm like... That movie's also probably one of the longest movies I've ever seen. So like, it's not lost on me. But this is our second episode in this series. Um, So if you haven't listened to our first episode, we'll link the episode in our show notes, but also just subscribe to our podcast. It'll be easy to find it. Um, But the first episode, Nicole and I were alone and we just talked all about the cast and the crew of the film. Um, we spent a solid like hour talking about who played Jack, who could have played Jack. Um, so if you haven't listened, highly recommend listening. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the production and then hopefully we have time and also talk about the release. Um, but just the background of the filmmaking as this is one of the craziest movie making journeys, honestly, of all time. I purchased a book I can't remember the name of it but it is from a um, writer who was the only reporter on set of the movie is like really the only reporter that James Cameron officially spoke to in during the making of the movie and um, she just has a lot of crazy insight that I was blown away by even though I feel like a lot of people know so much about the making of this movie but I was just I I think there's a reason they don't make movies like this anymore and a lot of it is because of all the very crazy things that happened on set but one of my favorite um stories about the making of this movie before we even really get into it is that um it's been like so many years and leo has said he didn't mind making this movie it was really fun and kate winslet immediately said it was the worst experience of her professional life and she never wanted to work with james cameron again and that it was just horrible and so one it's really funny that she's making another movie with him two it's even funnier that it's underwater and three it's even funnier that she broke tom cruise's record for holding her breath underwater while doing something she said she never wanted to but um yeah so now we'll just get into the film background so james cameron says he had this long fascination with shipwrecks So he considered Titanic to be like the Mount Everest of shipwrecks. 
and I personally don't understand this. He said as a child, he was obsessed. What was he obsessed with before Titanic? Like before the Titanic movie? Okay, listen. I was also obsessed with like not just the Titanic movie, like, but the actual Titanic. Okay, I was post Titanic the movie, but I wasn't aware of the Titanic because my book, the Scholastic Book Fair, did not yep, sell. The they did not sell <laughs> those little diaries of a Titanic survivor in the book or in the book fair before Titanic. But post Titanic, they had tons of Titanic books. To be fair, though, if he was into shipwrecks in general, I'm sure he had some little like National Geographic book about shipwrecks. That's probably and there, true. There is one of those like what is it eyewitness books for kids about the titanic oh those id witness books yes those ones i have um, the titanic one at home same my parents house. but i feel like whenever it comes to famous shipwrecks like i'm struggling to think of that other many famous other than the shipwrecks? Titanic. i mean there's the queen anne's revenge yeah which i only know because it's off the coast of north carolina but <laughs> i like don't know of any others so I, I i get how he would get like led to this if he liked shipwrecks and to be fair, I also, like, I was very weird as a kid. I would literally, like, comb through the, like, records of, like, how many people died and who survived and who didn't and, like, look at the passenger list from the Titanic because I was a freak. <laughs> I did imagine, the same. If so, had, imagine if we had the internet, like, easily oh, accessible. I would have been unstoppable. I would have been reading Titanic, um, <laughs> Titanic and Wikipedia fix? pages subreddits i was that weird kid where i like had a phase where i used to like read incident reports from disneyland <laughs> okay, so mood. like if the internet had been around during my okay. titanic phase at in the same way that it is today it would have been no, no i would have been reading fan fiction about like if jack had lived no or about fabrizio and the storyline they cut out of him and his Wait, lover yes <laughs> yes if y'all if Honestly, anyone knows does you know that what exist? You I know what fanfic it. I would have read is between, <laughs> I don't want to say. Wait, I just thought of one. <laughs> I don't want to say. No, I would no, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Between Look, I'll Mr. Say Andrews and the captain. Why did I know okay, that's what you were going to say, Kenzie? Kenzie? I was about to say between Mr. Andrews and Molly Brown. No. <laughs> no, every time I go straight to the two, like, dad figures of the movie being together, like... <laughs> I, I we were talking about Twilight and I my mind oh my always goes to Carlisle and Charlie. No one else. I mean, <laughs> that's the best ship in Twilight. Let's be very honest. With no, no one else. It all starts with them in the hospital when she gets in the accident. <laughs> best scene, <laughs> right there. But you know, in Titanic, where tape one ends and it's um. The captain being like, you're going to get your headlines, Mr. Whatever. Yes. I feel like that's the start of the captain and Mr. Andrews, like, tension. Okay. Can I just say, did we just discover that Mr. Andrews is the Charlie Swan of this, like, movie? He definitely is. He has, like, the nurturing that he cares for the main character, but he's not, like, I mean, Charlie is involved with the main character. It's obviously, like, his daughter, but, like, he's yep. very removed from her and her life. I mean, also, let's think about both of these main young female characters have, like, kind of shitty moms. Yeah. yeah. And they need a parental figure. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that he definitely is the Charlie of the movie. Incred- I really... That's the most important thing that's going to come out of this whole podcast series. You know what's going to be more important is when I <laughs> I do a crossover of like who in Titanic is who in Twilight. Yes. Um, you need to do some photoshopping. You know what? And Rami Malek's character caused the Titanic. He pushed the iceberg closer. Yes. I feel like someone in the Volturi was on the Titanic. I don't know. They give off those vibes. The guy from Stranger Things. Oh, Jimmy Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Kim Power was on (laughs) the Titanic. I mean, I raise you. I raise you is Cal a member of the Volturi? Yes. <laughs> Cal becomes uh, not Jamie Campbell Bauer and not Michael Sheen, but the other one. <laughs> Wait, the, the grumpy one with the, the long grumpy hair? grumpy one. That's Cal. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I can list like so many minor Twilight characters, but the Volturi are Dakota Fanning, Michael Sheen, Jamie Campbell Bauer, and the other one. That's that tracks. That's that tracks. Um, yeah, I love that we made this about Twilight, honestly. Yep. I don't even know how to go on. Um, Oh my god! Can you imagine Robert Pattinson in Twilight or in Titanic? <laughs> that now that's a Jack Dawson. That, uh, yeah, that's a. That's I a will Jack be Dawson. imagining that for a while now. Me too. Because wait, when did he get the flu? Nineteen twenty. Yeah. Nineteen. Eighteen. Nineteen something. Yeah, it, I think it might have been nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Spanish influence of 1918. That makes sense. I just watched these movies. I should know. 1918. Yeah. So he was alive when Titanic happened. A little young, but yeah, he just wasn't a vampire. (laughs) I wonder. Alternatively, I'm now imagining a young Kate Winslet as Bella Swan. Do you think Carlisle could have been on the Titanic? Yes. Yes. Carlisle was. (laughs) And he. We both said that with our full chest. No, Carlisle was absolutely so. Jamie Campbell Bauer, Carlisle, and Edward were all on the Titanic. And um, but was Carlisle, Edward a child? Like, was he like, yeah? <laughs> but was he human? Yeah, no, he survived. That's the thing is, he was a human. How old is he in in nineteen eighteen when he gets turned? He's seventeen. Seventeen, because she says, "How long have you been 17? <laughs> and he says, "Why?" Oh my God, hey, 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 I've only <laughs> seen these once. Okay, I've only seen these once. Um, well, we need to correct that. He would have been. He would have been like what? What? How, I, I can't do math. Eleven? Yeah. Or eleven. Eleven's no, young enough 12, to get 12. to get. No, eleven. Okay, I can't still, do eleven is young enough to get plopped into a lifeboat. So you know. Yeah, well, no. So he attached himself to Carlisle, who was saving people on um the other boat whatever the other boat is that the they Carpathia? go in at the end the, yeah 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 that's where Carlisle was and he was helping people like recover from their hypothermia interesting okay and like Carlisle couldn't get onto the lifeboat but then he saw a crying little boy named Edward and he's like I got it so Carlisle swoops up a crying Edward and is like I have a child and then that's when Cal's like hmm good thinking bro and so that was the deleted scene was when carlisle inspired cal to pretend oh so what the deleted scene of the dogs yeah (laughs) nicole knows what i'm talking about there's this deleted scene where he is where cal does he have the kid i don't remember but him and um um my favorite name character of all time lovejoy spicer Mm -hmm. spicer is that his Mm -hmm. name i think so but they are, um, I know, that's so sad. 
Um, but wait, his name is Spicer Lovejoy. Not Lovejoy Spicer. You were just saying Lovejoy, comma, Spicer. <laughs> yes. But um, David Warner, the actor that played him, passed away this week? Last week? I don't know. This week felt really long. But um, that's very sad. He was really instrumental for my 2000s viewing of 90s movies and identifying actors repeating. I don't know why. I think because Spicer Lovejoy is just such a crazy character. Like, why is James Bond following (laughs) Cal around? It makes no sense. But... Anyway, but there's this deleted scene where him and Cal are like on the deck and the, the ship is sinking. It's full of water on the deck and all these dogs run by and Cal just gets so angry. And it's so funny because it like they never address the fact that like only two dogs survived or three dogs, two breeds survived like the sinking of the Titanic. It's so sad. It's so, so sad. And we'll never figure out about the oysters. Um Oh, anyway. yeah. Since the last time we recorded, I have tried oysters for the first time. Yes. Um, and I truly was like screaming the whole time. <laughs> I, I felt like a first class passenger on the Titanic. I won't lie to you. I cannot. I was like, this we'll one's ne- for you, Titanic oysters. <laughs> I just can't believe we'll never figure it out. Um, we need James they Cameron do a on Mythbusters the- on that. We need to let James Cameron know that we have this question and I honest to God think he would get us the answer. Um, Basically, if we know anyone who somehow gets to go to an Avatar 2 press screening where there's a Q&A, please ask. Like, I'm sorry to waste your question about Avatar on Titanic and Oysters, but whatever. What do you really need to ask about Avatar anyway? Like, is it eligible for animated feature? Big whoop. (laughs) Like, I need to know. Um, anyway, anyway, back to Titanic. Back to the making of this movie. Sorry. So, no, I, are you kidding? All I want to do is talk about Twilight and Titanic now. Um, so, James Cameron, obsessed with shipwrecks, obsessed, decides that, um, after seeing IMAX footage of the, um, ship on the bottom of the ocean instead of just being like i'm gonna read some more books about this he's like i want to do that and you're like what just explore the ocean he's like no i want to go deep down to the bottom of the ocean and see titanic firsthand like i want to see with my own eyes um instead of just like funding it himself he decides i'm going to dupe a studio into thinking i'm going to make a movie about this and they're going to pay for me to go to the bottom of the ocean. So he has no idea of her movie. So he writes a script treatment, um, not a full script, just a treatment of what he wants to do. He meets with 20th Century Fox. He's like, it's going to be Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. And they're like, great. Like, is there any Terminator you can put in this movie? And he's like, no big three-hour studio old hollywood epic only romance they're like are you kidding but then i don't know like the transition to this happening but they green light it um but they partner with another studio because this is too expensive somehow he gets them to promote the movie before they start shooting 
very old Hollywood, like really reminds me of like Cleopatra and how they hyped that up for months before they started shooting, like just crazy. But so the, they start making money off of this promotion and they haven't started shooting. It's absolutely nuts. They, then he decides to change the script treatment a little bit as he's like starting to write the script. He's like, there's going to be kind of like a Christopher Nolan character. There's always like a Christopher Nolan in his movies. James Cameron's like, I'm going to put my, like a person playing me exploring the Titanic at the beginning, middle and end of this movie. And you're kind of like, that is dumb. Like that is dumb, but it's actually his way of getting them to find better cameras and get his brother to build cameras to be used to shoot footage underwater of the wreckage. It's crazy. And he's like, you can try to tell me that we're going to use CGI, which was first starting out and they're still tweaking it or whatever. He's like, or we can go to the bottom of the ocean and (laughs) shoot it with these new cameras you fund my brother to build. Um, they do it. They go, I did not write down how far it is. I'm so sorry. But they shot at the bottom of the ocean 12 times in 1995. The water pressure was 6,000 pounds per square inch. So there's a line in the movie delivered by the love of my life, Mr. Paxton. Um, where he talks... I miss him so much, but he talks about if anything went wrong with the glass, they would all die in a second. And James Cameron said that someone else actually said that when they were going down, because it was true. Um, But the dives are so high risk. And then on top of it, they went during hurricane season, which I have yet to find any explanation for why this happened. Um, but it made the water conditions really poor and they kept going down where they would think they would like end up on top of the ship so they could shoot looking down, but they would end up really far from the ship and then spend like weeks being really far from the ship. So they kind of didn't really get any usable footage is what I'm understanding. And what I understood from the book is that none of the footage was usable. It was terrible. The weather essentially made it to where like the way the camera was built, it got really foggy and they couldn't use any of it. So not only that, but it damaged the way they were going or it interrupted their way they were going down. And multiple times they hit the Titanic, the the shipwreck. So during one dive, one of the things that comes out of the um, submarine they were in collided with the Titanic's hull, damaging both the sub and the ship. And it left fragments of the sub on top of the wreckage of the ship. So now there is stuff that is not from the Titanic on top of the Titanic ship. Um, they They damaged the propeller on the sub at one point and it collided with the ship and it like was in such poor condition because it's underwater, hello. It like scattered all in the ocean and then it attracted fish. The way that this angers me it's as a historian. Of, <laughs> I mean, so we've talked, Nicole and I have talked about this. There are times where I'm like, 
he brought more attention to the Titanic. No one cares more about the Titanic, honestly, than him. Given it's been like however many years and he won't stop making documentaries and stuff about it. But like, this seems really bad. Like, I know it's disintegrating and it probably, they said it won't be around for more than 20 more years. But like, it's just like, this probably accelerated that. But um, what's really sad is at one point, the bulkhead of Captain Smith's quarters collapsed. And that's how you can see like his bathtub and stuff is because of James Cameron crashing into it and disrupting it. So wild. Um, But while they were filming and after he started writing the screenplay and he said that he completely changed motivations after going to the shipwreck because he felt now that he had this weight on his shoulders to honor people who died and that it was more than just a shipwreck that it was real people who lost their lives and maybe if he'd had this revelation sooner before? he would not have damaged <laughs> the titanic so much really crazy that that's what it took but here we are with james cameron um but he said he really spent months reading not only about survivors stories but um victims families of like biographies they put out about their um, loved ones who died in the crash or in the shipwreck um but he said he spent weeks putting together timelines not only of the iceberg but everything that led up to it because he was like there every little moment leading up to it really mattered and affected the iceberg but um he said from the beginning of the shoot he wanted to have a clear picture of what happened so he built a library on set so everyone would have access to all the materials he read um he says that he did not tell anyone they had to read all this but the book i read makes it pretty obvious he was implying if you didn't read them that you didn't belong on set I mean, the thing is, like, on one hand, that's kind of like, okay, dude, calm down. On the other hand, the historian in me is like, right on, Jimmy. I wonder, (laughs) I would love, like, not a, I know this is not who they'll do, but you know how DGA does, like, a director interviewing another director? I would love Robert Eggers to interview him. I know that people don't think they would go together, but the details that they both put in their films and, like, Robert Eggers literally being like, you can't use a tool to build this this chair that wasn't around during this time period. I feel like they'd have a lot to talk about. I think so too. I also just have to say, James Cameron building a library on set and being like, oh, here's, here's my materials if you, you know, wanted to read them, has the same energy as Tom Hiddleston giving a lecture uh, on the set of the Loki TV series about the character of Loki. <laughs> yes Tom- but the difference is that james cameron is the director and the screenwriter and tom hiddleston is neither of those things in loki and he, he was a producer though okay so he's got money <laughs> big whoop if i did too i could be a producer oh my god you- tom hiddleston has jack no tom hiddleston has cal <gasps> yes i okay tom yes. hiddleston as cal with the dark hair like he had in um crimson peak oh oh yeah oh yeah Yeah, that escal i 
that actually would be bad because the last thing I want is to be a cowgirl. And yet, <laughs> but I just want to say... be a cowgirl, baby. <laughs> I just want to say, we said this on the last podcast. I am a huge defender of Billy Zane in this movie. I think he's so Same. good. I, I love him in this movie. Um, but oh, also, I forgot that he damaged the grand staircase. James. Yeah. He damaged like the entrance because he was trying. You know how they actually put like something like this in the movie? That little um, thing they have that goes in between the doors. It wasn't wide enough, so it damaged the entrance, or it was it was too wide, and it damaged the entrance to the grand staircase. I... So, James. <laughs> also, can we just talk about when I was a kid and I realized the grand staircase, like as it is in the movie, was like how it was in the real ship I was like blown away I don't know why that is what sent me into space that I was like that's what it really looked like but it just felt really like modern that I was like it doesn't look like that would be real like I was I I do think one of the coolest things about the movie is that you do get a sense of um I feel like the Titanic is the kind of thing that we think of it as being like so long ago and the movie gives you a sense of how it's actually not that long ago that it happened like it's really great like they just hit 100 years and I was like so when this came out it was only like 50 years like not 50 but like you know what I mean like 50 years but I was like what yeah it was not it's like those tiktoks are messing me up that are like you're born in the 1900s but like we were born in the same century that this happened in that is so crazy. Like, it's like, you know, I'm um, that one um, survivor that turned into an actress that was in a movie like two years after it came out. And um, like, she was in a movie about Titanic, like literally two years oh, after yeah. it came out. And yep. I was like, there were movies that like, it, I don't know why. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> there were cameras? Like, like what? <laughs> I'm so confused. Wait, hold on. I am just um anyway sorry resume my journey um sorry sorry that was bad um but so he has this library they start filming in Nova Scotia in 1996 and I just want to say that they start filming on top of this like Russian research vessel Um, but then they moved to this full scale Titanic they built in Mexico a few, like two months later, but they only built one side famously, which a lot of, um, YouTube videos criticizing this movie. It's their favorite thing to bring up that he didn't build a full size Titanic on both sides. Um, Mance was already fighting for his life to get this movie made. (laughs) Like, (laughs) relax. (laughs) Why didn't you why didn't you just rebuild Noah's Ark while, while you were at it? Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, so they start filming in Mexico in 1996 on top of this reconstructed Titanic. Um, so the poop deck was built on a hinge so it could rise from zero to 90 degrees in a few seconds because at the time research had it to where it was at a 90 degree angle when it went down. Um Cameron chose to build his Titanic on the starboard side as a study of weather data revealed it was prevailing north to south wind, which blew the funnel smoke that direction. But um, like I was saying, they only built this one side. 
So they, this is what just sends me into a tizzy. I could have never worked on this set. I'm really sorry. So instead of doing what a normal person would have done and like just mirrored the footage, he told extras to learn to walk backwards. He told them to, if they use, were using their right hand, to use their left hand. Um, they painted costumes, the detailing on the set backwards. So none of it would be reversed. Um, but there is like one clip, and this is what the internet chooses to go crazy over, where you can tell that it was flipped because it was the only thing and then it flips something else. But it's for like half a second. I just don't understand the criticism of it. Um, so like what blows my mind how this whole production is the first scene that DiCaprio and Winslet shot together is the drawing scene. Rip I think about that. Off. I think about that constantly and about the fact that like that's why it's it was not in the script for him to like mess up and say yeah the bed like he just genuinely was so nervous which of course you would be yeah like I <laughs> I just that like even because so basically I think we talked about this in the last episode but when they met she flashed him and said I just want to get the band-aid off yeah, like she just wanted to get it out of the way. And I'm like, okay, but I feel like it's more nerve wracking that it's your first scene together, especially like neither one of them were very big actors. So like there's a lot writing on this for them. And then on top of that, it's the first scene they're shooting in front of how many people? Because this is far in advance before intimacy coordinators and all of this. So, and Honestly, it's probably before the conversation of like closed sets. I'm not sure how many people. I also think too, the thing that makes that scene work is that you have to feel the like palpable connection between the two of them. And the fact that they were able to sort of like walk on set and seem that attuned to each other is part of why I like defend that I do think Leonardo DiCaprio gives a great performance in this movie. I rewatched it this week and I I feel like it's one of his best still. I know he's changed so much as an actor, but like there's something so weird about how he's not an earnest person, but he's so earnest in this movie. And just like, I don't really like Leo, but I love Jack. That's the thing. I, is I feel Jack. like people don't realize how good of a performance it is because it seems like it could just be his personality but it's not it's crazy <laughs> yeah I think like this performance ages better as Leo gives more performances because it's not it doesn't seem like something in his wheelhouse anymore which isn't anything against Leo he's just obviously aged and learned so much about the craft but like I just I can't imagine giving a performance like this and like on this scale, like this movie is such a big movie and I just, I feel like you don't really get performances like that very often in big budget movies. And like this movie is so cheesy and it never comes across like his performance is cheesy. Like my favorite part of this movie is when they reunite after she jumps off the lifeboat where she's literally going to live and he's like, you're so my stupid, Rose. Part. I just- you're so stupid. I think he get like 
something I really admire about Leo is this movie is very cheesy and there are scenes that are cheesy and everyone but him is being cheesy. But I feel like Like the whole making it count thing. Sorry, my dog just snort. Zelda. Sorry. (laughs) My dog just started snorting. It's fine. Um, The whole like making it count scene. Super cheesy. Super cliche. But he's selling it. And it's not until all the rich fancy people hold up their little martini glasses and are like, yeah, yeah, that I like start to roll my eyes. So the reason that that scene is so cheesy is because I feel like that scene shows, it's like when you watch something about Jack Kennedy and you're like, do people really talk like this? Like, it's just like the way people spoke and operated on top of them being really wealthy is like so fake and Jack is so real. And I think like, James Cameron's just trying so hard to prove that in that scene mm-hmm. but like that's why he's so good is because you're like it's so funny like I always wonder this you know when people watch movies and there's like sighs I'm like is anyone rooting for like Rose's mom like, <laughs> like are there Rose mom defenders are there people who they ship Rose are. and Cal yeah like- <laughs> I I need to know I, I need think to know it's always and listen I, I love this movie and I have seen this movie more times than I could probably count. The thing about this movie that gets me is everybody who is not Jack or Rose has one personality trait and it is either that they're super sexist or they're super wealthy and that's all they got going for them. Except Mr. Except- Andrews. Except and Molly, Brown. So and true. Molly Except- Brown. Well, no, Molly Brown's annoying. Um <gasps> Um, how do we kick Lexi out of the zoom it's very easy for me actually more all right goodbye Lex bye (laughs) oh you kicked Nicole oh wait no you're here okay you actually kicked wait why am I spotlighted hello it's it's time for me to give a full story about when I went to the Molly Brown house in Denver Colorado Uh (laughs) I'm sure the real life Molly Brown and listen I love Kathy Bates I don't know. There's something about Did you totally not listen to me and Nicole's last episode where we were like, our favorite characters are Mr. Andrews and Molly Brown. <laughs> I no, I think she I think she falls victim to some scenes where she's just like very much a background actor meant to move the plot across. But that scene of her in the lifeboat where she's like, oh. those are your men out there. I yeah. think she good job at being like a obviously she's not the audience in a character but like in that moment she does a good job of us what like being us in that moment being I also think oh and like she's so hold on Theo she's so there to show that like it's not even just about the wealth because all these like other wealthy Theo Theo also loves Molly Brown. Yeah, he's very defensive. <laughs> um, but like they don't even accept her because she's the wrong type of money. Yeah. Right. Which is funny because I feel like eventually you get to Leo playing Gatsby and it's the same thing. That is so bizarre. But um, another weird thing about this scene is that I just have so many questions about this. I've always known this, but I've never been an adult and thought about it. Is that... James Cameron drew the sketch yes. of Kate Winslet. So did he see her naked and then remember and draw it? Or like, how did it? 
Did he do it on set as they were filming? I've never read that. I just read he drew it. Himself. I don't know. I knew those That's- are his hands in yeah, the shot. So was he looking at her like while she was naked and he was just Because it her? does it looks look like, her like her. Yeah, like it's not like he just like pre-did it and then was like mm-hmm. and out of face. Like Or did they like film like I assume they the filmed coverage her and then and then did his hands. Yeah. I would but hope it's so. Still weird. I would hope so. It's still weird. Like, was he watching the weird. footage of her naked just like drawing her? I I don't like that, Chrissy. Yeah. Uh, I I need out of here. I just um Did he draw did he draw I I knew he drew Rose and I know those are his hands in the shots but did he draw the pictures in Jack's sketchbook? No. I read that they someone just freehanded those and they weren't like <laughs> and I read that one of them was actually printed because they got messed up but they already had a copy of it if case in case there was like a continuation error they had a copy of the whole sketchbook so they just like put it in but all the other ones were actual drawings and there was like one page that was like printed okay which is weird yeah but um I just think it's so funny because they thought they were gonna have to reshoot this scene multiple times because he was worried that they would be so like fake nervous that it wouldn't come across like genuine but they use he says they use the first take but the book I read said it was one of the first takes that, but it was not the actual first take, which is interesting. really interesting to me. Um, the most fascinating part of this production to me is obviously this water tank. Um, I just, when I see behind the scene footage, I'm just blown away. I don't know how they would do this now. I assume he would force the studio to still do this, but maybe he would go Avatar and just go full not even have actors on set um but it was an enclosed five million gallon tank used for sinking interiors in which the entire set could be tilted into the water um in order to sink the staircase he's ninety thousand gallons of water dumped into the set as it was lowered into a tank which he said that they had one chance to do because if like that they didn't have a backup set so once they did it that was it there was only one shot and in the shot of the staircase getting um all the water breaking through the glass an extra actually got stuck on the staircase and it's in that it is so scary to me because like how do you yep. act like hell like help me i'm drowning when the purpose of your scene right now is to be drowning like like I'm really drowning. (laughs) It's so interesting too, because like in the documentary that we both watched, Kimsey, um, remember he talks about how like that definitely happened to people. And so it's kind of crazy that it happened to someone on set because it proves like, well, yeah, it's very easy whenever this is occurring for that to happen to someone. But I also am like, my dude, let's not almost kill our, yeah. Which to be fair, you know, there are things about how like there is CGI in parts of the movie um whenever the ship is sinking mm-hmm. where they had wanted practical effects and he found but, out they couldn't and he was like people could get hurt never mind <laughs> um so i guess it's on some level he did care <laughs> it's just so crazy but it's really funny like that documentary is so funny because 
he comes across like he didn't realize people could get hurt and it's like very similar to him damaging the titanic wreckage being like oh there were real people down there i'm like you have to first hand experience something for you to understand (laughs) you think he like set up the shot where he's like all right and now we're gonna throw this extra off the side of the boat he's gonna hit the propeller and he's gonna flip and they were like james no it's he's like, just, no, guys, you don't understand. I have a very well-trained stunt double who said he could do it. And they were like, no, James. Like, not to be insensitive, but thinking about him being like, I didn't realize that people died on the Titanic, the, like, most tragic shipwreck of all time, is one of those things that I'm like, mm, I'm not sure we should let people visit concentration camps. Like, like Mr. Bieber concentration camp visit. Like, exactly. I exactly. was so obsessed with the Titanic as a child. I thought it was, I was obsessed with shipwrecks. I used to read accident reports that said, <laughs> I was shocked <laughs> to learn people yeah. died. Yeah. Did you know they did not have enough lifeboats? <laughs> News to me. It's so funny. Oh my god, this guy's crazy. Though I do think it it all does go back to to that idea that like the Titanic is more recent than we think of it as because like I feel like the further back something occurred, the less that you're like truly aware of like the mortality of the people involved. Like when I talk about people dying in the Crusades, that genuinely means nothing to me. Um, like sorry, <laughs> but whenever you talk about people dying in like you know world war ii when it's like oh your grandparents knew people who died that like is a little more real and i feel like it's one of those things where whenever he talks about like having met with afterwards with families of both survivors and people who died it's like oh yeah like there are still people alive who can say like my great-grandfather was on the titanic or whatever my grandfather was on the titanic so like i i do think part of that is just the like how we conceptualize Titanic as being further back than it is. But also, newsflash, people died in tragic shipwreck. Yeah, and like, (laughs) I understand what he, where he's kind of coming from, where he's like, he probably didn't realize like how visceral it was because you imagine like someone drowning and you probably think it's very quick and like not dragged out or something but like this was thousands of people and the survivors heard them all dying which is very just awful I also whenever you think of a typical shipwreck like people are dying like in the water yeah um and with Titanic there's so many weird ways that people were getting killed before they ever touched the water yeah like falling like in the, the men who are stuck in the boiler room like all that sort of stuff that I do think is like in some ways you don't think about that until you I think go to make like a movie or something about it yeah because I would have never thought about that before Mm -hmm. I got all these books from the scholastic book fair like because of Titanic the movie so thank you Cameron but (laughs) it's just really crazy and like he said that um when they put the heavier part of the ship it acted as like an absorber against the water but then it just like smashed additional windows as they were lowering it so that was part of the reason that like they didn't account for that and that's why some extras got hurt because they hadn't accounted for some of the pressure built by this but it is so crazy to me so he said that after submerging the dining saloon that they spent three days shooting um 
the present day footage of him surveying the scene and then the post sinking scenes in the freezing Atlantic were shot in a 350,000 gallon tank and they used um, it's as a mixture of extras and mannequins with makeup on to be the bodies um, that they used real people to make it not look so fake Um, But he said because they spent 12 hours at a time in the water that people were getting hypothermia, including Kate Winslet, that eventually... Yeah, didn't she end up with pneumonia? Literally. Um, But they started putting more mannequins and other kinds of fake people into the water. Someone please find out what that woman is making for Avatar 2. It has to be the most expensive paycheck she's ever gotten. I cannot believe she is willing to get back into water for that man. It's crazy. Like, did she have in a contract, like, a, like, um, no, what no, temperature see, the, water the water had to be at? Probably. Like, <laughs> the water above 70 or 68 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the water's supposed to be. I don't know. But um, the scene where the ship splits and then it sinks um, involved a full tilting set 150 extras on top of 100 stunt performers um he at the time criticized previous titanic films for showing the ship sink very gracefully to the bottom because he said that's not how it really happened and he wanted this part to be very terrifying chaotic and show what people were really going through and not only what the people fighting on the ship to live were going through but what the survivors in nearby lifeboats were witnessing um i there's not that many other deleted scenes of other lifeboat point of views but i read in the book he shot a perspective shot from every single lifeboat so, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, but a lot of them were just like this, like you couldn't see anything once the light yeah. went out. Because I don't think people realize how dark it was. Um, it's a movie, so it's obviously lit very brightly. But they were in the middle of the ocean with nothing near them. Um, it was very dark. It, there's this TikTok I found that shows you how dark it was and how loud all the screams were and how loud the ship breaking and then sinking was it is the scary why did you not send that to me because it's it's so scary it is so scary it is it gave me nightmares someone send it i'll i'll send it to you it gave me literal nightmares i was like i so i'm a huge horror fan and i can watch anything like horror related but like real life stuff just sent like Mm -hmm. it just scares me so badly but um so when carrying out the scene, we were talking about this, people needed to bounce off propellers, bounce off the railing. Um, one person got hurt and that immediately changed them to, and not like severely hurt, just like a little hurt, um, but that changed them to doing a lot of computer generated people falling off and throwing off like dummies. And um, there's this really cool behind the scenes footage I found on YouTube. I couldn't find it on like the Blu-ray or anything, but it basically showed where they were putting this like invisible line of like, if you're jumping before or after this, you will get hurt. 
Um, so extras oh. and stunt performers knew. It's really crazy, but um, this is where all the research goes a little south for our boy Cameron and his safety precautions. Um, many, many people other than K1s that were talking about how awful he was. I guess he had this reputation before Titanic that I had never heard of because I didn't really like care about him before Titanic. Um, to be fair, I haven't really cared about him since. Um, but he had this reputation where people called him the scariest man in Hollywood. People said that he had a 300 decibel screamer, a modern day Captain Bly with a megaphone and a walkie talkie. Um, he built this crane for a camera shot and then he decided to keep using the crane to yell at people from like when they weren't using it for the camera, he put a chair in it and he would yell at people while being in this crane. Um, Kate Winslet chipped a bone in her elbow during filming and worried that she would drown in the water tank when the ship was supposed to be sunk. And she said she was terrified to tell him which I know some people will say like that's her problem or something, but if you've ever worked for someone where you're scared to speak up for your safety, that is horrifying. And I'm sorry, she is the lead actress of this movie. Um, what? I'm sorry, but part of a director's job is to keep everyone on set safe. Yeah. Like, and, like, and if you don't believe that, you shouldn't be a director. It's just like being a director isn't just like getting to get these cool shots like your job is like you're in charge of the entire set like you make these decisions like creating an environment where people don't want to speak up is the worst possible thing you could do um, especially because she wasn't established back then like this yeah. was the first major thing she did and she was what like 19 when she did this yeah. something like that so I mean if anyone says like it's her problem when you're 19 years old and you're like on the set of a major blockbuster movie and you have some intimidating man directing you you're not you're not gonna speak up yeah and like she fought to get this part like right very intensely fought to get this part like so bill paxton had not worked with james cameron but was familiar with his reputation he said there were a lot of people on the set jim is not one of those guys to who has the time to win hearts and mind I'm like, okay, that's a nice way of being like, this guy doesn't give a fuck about you. Like, I don't understand. Um, the crew felt that James Cameron kind of had like a Jekyll and Hyde vibe going on. Um, they called him Midge, Jim spelled backwards, when the evil Jim was around. Um, yeah. Um, during the shoot in Canada, this is my favorite story of the making of Titanic. Um, so I've heard different variations of this because the person was never caught, but someone from the crew, some people think it was this specific extra that got fired but kept showing up to set, but no one knows. Um, they got angry. They put PCP into the soup um, in craft services, it sent more than 50 people to the hospital, including Paxton. Um, my favorite story is he was like, 
like going crazy and like they let a conga line in the hospital because they were all tripping <laughs> it's like my a absolute favorite line. story he did i don't remember if it was an oprah special years later but i think oprah was the interviewer but um bill paxton told the story and it was hilarious um but like literally they were tripping out like cameron threw up before the drug fully took effect on him because he had had he had eaten after everyone so people started seeing the effects so basically anyone who ate later knew to th- make themselves throw up but um i would have loved it had he like fully tripped out too but they put him on a stretcher and leo famously was on some diet so he wasn't eating craft services and Leo said that James Cameron was being put in a stretcher and he said, um, make sure you finish the movie with or without me to Leo. And I think that is so <laughs> funny because this is like, they're shooting again at the beginning. I don't understand. I also think it's funny that like this director who feels like the most control freak of control freaks is like finish the movie with or without me yeah like to like what is leo at that time like 20 years old (laughs) i think he was like 19 also right yeah he was a baby so he's like baby face leonardo dicaprio finish my movie for me if i die like imagine like imagine that film I Wait, want Florence Pugh thought she had it bad having to direct over. He's a year <laughs> older than Kate Winslet. Okay, so he was like twenty. Yeah, and so, I want, and it was the very they had so much to do. It's really crazy. So that delayed production by twelve days because majority of the crew was out. Um, I just I still cannot also, believe it was never I'm sorry. Caught what an asshole move like I, I do wonder this so I read there's an extra that got fired and then I also read there was a PA that just kept pissing Cameron off and this a lot of people believe that they did it but I read that this person had an alibi in that they were one of the people who vomited at the end so but I'm like what if they knew and that's why they vomited like do you know what I mean like I just my thing is honestly with everything I've heard about Cameron if someone did something specifically to him I would be like uh, fair enough fair enough but doing something that could affect the entire cast and crew like that is an asshole move it's crazy you're James Pack or Bill Paxton yeah yeah what did he do what What did he do Paxton is innocent in every sense of the way but um my favorite part of this is so this is the very start of the production because they're in canada so they're like gone 12 days just completely gone because almost everyone is gone the entire filming schedule was intended to last 138 days (laughs) but it went to 160 days i have two things to say about the budget and the time of this movie being filmed I think he always lied. I think he always knew it was going to be more than 138 days. And I think he always knew it was going to be more than 100 million. I think he just pulled that shit out and he knew they would pay to finish it. Like he knew they were going to finish the movie. So I don't really like 
buy into this like shock value of like this movie went on for so long and the budget inflated i just feel like he lied at the beginning um so throughout the production many cast members came out with colds flu my favorite is a ton of kidney infections from people because james cameron was like i put stuff in the water if you pee i will know and they would hold their pee for like eight, 10 hours at a time while they were filming in the water. Sir. <laughs> but my favorite part is Kate Winslet and Leo said that is absolutely not true. We figured it out. We peed all the time. That water was full of pee. Ew. Which is um, so gross, but also like fair What are they supposed to do? But also uh, like, but why sh- not give them bathroom breaks, James? literally right like like fair enough for the people who are in the water but like james just let them out like no so three stuntmen broke bones um i could not find out if this were people that like were jumping off the ship before they figured out where the line was that it was dangerous or not um sag actually did an investigation but fit didn't find anything unsafe about the set DiCaprio like I said earlier multiple times like he never felt like he was in danger but I'm also like you're a straight white man who was the lead of the movie I feel like also he's was like, very different no offense but like 20 year old men are very are different. typically not a good judge of what is dangerous, dangerous. And what is not. Yeah. um he said Cameron at the time said he was just very passionate about his work ethic and refused to apologize but he has since changed his tune said he's a different kind of director he was immature he had an ego whatnot um I mean I'm curious to see what Kate Winslet says on the press tour for Avatar because he was not very nice about her um the final cost of filming this movie supposedly is 200 million dollars that's a bit over a million dollars per minute of screen time um what (laughs) But I will say this movie looks like it. Like it looks expensive. It feels its budget. It doesn't feel like they copped out at any time. Um, Fox actually freaked out. Um, they thought that the runtime would mean fewer showtimes, fewer viewings, that people would never go back to see it. Um, James Cameron, this is a direct quote, said, you want to cut my movie? You're going to have to fire me. You want to fire me? You're going to have to kill me. He's that it's that it's that equivalent of that um euphoria meme. It's like it literally is. is. If you want to, what is it? If you want to stop me, you're gonna have have to kill me. Okay, but also like I there it's when I hear stories like that that I'm like, God, I wish I was a white man. Literally. (laughs) Like, okay, so this is my favorite part. It goes on to what Nicole just said. Fox decided they didn't want to deal with it and lose their investment. So they decided let's just go with the movie as it is. Yep. But while they were deciding, because the thing to keep in mind with this movie is that it was split between two major studios, which has never happened again, which is so crazy to me. But they were mulling it over because they both had to come up with the same agreement in the midst of them coming to the agreement that they weren't going to do anything cameron offers to forfeit his shares of profits on this movie because that is how much he believes in it which i admire but i'm also like you just yeah. threatened to let people kill you to give up control of your movie 
Um, he really said, I'm not trying to make money. I'm just trying to make a movie. <laughs> like, I, like, okay, his journey with this movie is hilarious. So first, he doesn't want to make a movie. He just wants to see the Titanic in real life. Um, then he decides, no, people died. I'm going to make a movie to honor them. Then he's like, no, it's a love story about two fictional people. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Oh <laughs> I'm begging you. So they decide no, we're we're gonna just release the movie as is. The only edit to this movie from the cut he showed is the final cut to the studio to the version we saw in theaters and the original release on DVD VHS is that um, there was a scene where they show the SS Californian getting the call and not coming. Um, he just decided like, it wasn't important for the movie. It was obviously important for the history, but he decided cinematically it didn't fit. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like it would have been better. I don't know, but I would watch like a seven hour version of this movie, to be honest with you. Like six tapes, I'd watch them all. Yeah, I'd watch um, them uh during the first cut the alternate ending was the ending and fox loved it by the way oh god the one where she throws where where bill paxton watches her throw the diamond i love that scene so much what (laughs) i love it well okay so here's the thing as i do think the way it is in the movie is the way it's supposed to be i don't think no i think it's i think the ending is perfect the way it is I love it. Sometimes I will look up the deleted scene where Bill, it's mostly because I love Bill Paxton yeah. and I just love him being like, can I just hold it one time? Like, <laughs> That's true. I want, I just want to see that part, but no, I, the way they keep it. I just, I love, listen, I think Titanic's a pretty good movie, but if I were to critique it, I would say a little less, I don't know, but a little more Bill Paxton. <laughs> I, it's funny because like my least favorite parts of like any Christopher Nolan movie other than Tenet because it's played by Robert Pattinson is like <laughs> the character he has like as a placeholder for himself. Like that character always drives me nuts in um, Christopher Nolan movies. But Bill Paxton playing a version of James Cameron, I'm like, you got me to like you, James Cameron. Like that was one way to do it. Like I... See, I think, I think James Cameron is the other guy, though. The one that, like, sits this 80-something-year-old survivor. <laughs> oh, but you know down. that's, like, his friend? It's not even an actor. It's just his friend, James Cameron's friend. Obsessed with that. The guy in that, the Watchmen shirt? Yep, who okay. is, like, hey, I know you just lived he through this wasn't... really traumatic experience, but what if we showed you a 3D simulation of the most Okay, so I am an actual life. defender of this scene, because a lot of people, myself included, were not familiar with Titanic before the movie. And at the time, it was widely believed that the ship went down how we know it really did um, at an, a lower angle. But, um, and like they had always displayed it as going down very gracefully. But he wanted to show that it was really like violent and whatnot. But he said that he wanted people to know what happened to the ship and like and how it happened before it got to it in the movie like plot wise so that's why he put that in there 
is so you could see the ship going down and when it was going down you weren't thinking like how it was happening and like the mechanics behind it but you were just concerned with like the characters you were following so I do like that scene but it is really funny he's like oh you live this let me show you how fucking traumatic right. it was like and he does it in such an ungraceful way but that that's guy, a big ass like <laughs> yeah <laughs> just hanging out but he's like I just love I realize that guy is not an actor he's just friends with James Cameron and he basically told them how he would explain it and they were like why don't you just be in the movie <laughs> This is like, like what? <laughs> this is almost as if Tommy Wiseau's the room worked. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same energy as as James Cameron know, being like, "I'm gonna make the most groundbreaking movie. I don't really know what's going on, but it's gonna be the most groundbreaking <laughs> movie." And it's like he did what Tommy Wiseau couldn't do. <laughs> okay, the funny part about that is also is that that guy is like my favorite. Um, in audience insert character in a way that like you're like is this lady for real at the beginning and then when she's telling the horny story of her jack the drawing they cut to him immediately yeah. like after he's like so did you guys do it or what like <laughs> and then at the end when she's talking about jack dying and her letting go and then she took jack's name they cut to him crying he's crying honestly maybe he's the best character in the whole movie he's the mvp i'm sorry mr andrews but like, sorry it's just we don't so... even know his name but we're, we're like that no. guy in the watchman t-shirt you're the real mvp okay wait i'm gonna look it up but um we gotta know his name say uh, his name say, say his name <laughs> never forget there's power in names <laughs> What was his character's name? Does anyone we will know? not call him. You shall not be named. Okay, Dude, I love. I'm obsessed that Gloria Stewart is just billed as Old Rose. I'm pretty. I sure. wish that Kate Winslet was billed as Young Rose. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. How am I supposed to find him? He's not gonna have Wait, a hang on. I'll find him. Hang on. It's. Oh gee, I don't know. Wait, Who there are there are Bill three Paxton girls build and cows crying Titanic. girl. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize the master at arms doesn't have a name. He's billed as master at arms. His name isn't Bert, right? I don't think so. Hang on. And then it just says Brock Lovett and his team. Hang on. Wait, his name is his name Lewis. Yeah, his name is Lewis. Lewis. Because do you want to know what else he's known for on IMDb? It's Lewis Abernathy. He is just known for being in every single James Cameron movie. Wait, that's really cute, actually. That is cute. And he does, like, special effects with him. Lex, if you ever become a famous director or something, I expect a role in everything. Right? I'll, listen, I'll make all my movies about historical um, things, and then I'll try to explain it, and then be like, why do that 
when I can just throw <laughs> Nicole in here. Oh my God. She can be, I don't know what historical event, what it's, and it would be really mundane historical events. Like I'll make a movie about like baby Jessica. And you're like, that's a deep well. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a deep. <laughs> We're talking I'm the about one, 50 foot well. I'm the one who makes a library on set. <laughs> about baby Jessica. Literally. You would probably put a library wells. on set. You probably would put a library on set. I would. But you get Tom Hiddleston to give a TED talk. <laughs> and then I'd kick you off the set. I'd be like, get out, get out, get out. It'd be great for morale. For Sag would come and wanna... Oh my God. Um, but about the alternate ending. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to send us on rabbit hole. <laughs> Twilight, baby Jessica, what's Sorry. going on? <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I do like about the alternate ending is I feel like it gives people that um reasoning behind her tossing the necklace that people get mad about they're like why would you do that but she just didn't want anything to do with Cal's money which I understand but she kept it as like a safety precaution you know just in case um my favorite thing about the heart of the ocean is that they used fake stones but in white gold for the filming and it was just a prop but after the film was so successful they commissioned real um, jewelers to make an authentic heart of the ocean necklace it was a 171 carat heart-shaped sapphire surrounded by 103 diamonds um Celine Dion did wear it to the Oscar ceremony and wore it when she performed her not her Oscar winning but the song won an Oscar um but um they auditioned it or auctioned it off um benefiting Diana Princess of Wales um AIDS Foundation um it sold to an unidentified client for 1.4 million dollars crazy crazy um and no one has ever seen it since Celine Dion wore it it's in the bottom of the ocean. I'm Wait, telling like, they you, don't know they where it is. recreated that. Um, no, basically, the person that they sold it to didn't want their name on any records. That That's makes fascinating. sense. And someone bought it on their behalf, which is so crazy to me. Like, they didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but I do wonder, like, is $1.4 million not enough? Doesn't it seem like it'd be more expensive? Well, okay, so $1.4 million in 1997... But I still feel like that's not a lot, right? I mean, today that would be the is mm, it was one point four. You said yeah. So one. Um... This is me watching Mad Men right now. Every time they say something, I am googling how much was twenty dollars in nineteen fifty four. For someone who knows nothing about the economy, I love to look up inflation. Same. Um. So today it, that would go for two point five million. But doesn't it seem like it'd be more? You would think. I mean, I guess because it's a replica and it's not real. Right. But the the original wasn't real. Yeah, but I just mean like, isn't that weird? Like, doesn't that seem like a giant sapphire? I guess I just don't know enough about like jewelry. I'll send you some engagement rings later and ask you what you think the price is. I mean, I feel like wait, can we actually play that game? Yeah, yes. I'll definitely do it <laughs> okay. as soon as we're done. Okay, for, for example, though, the Hope Diamond is worth $250 million. 
the hope diamond's like a really rare diamond and this is a sapphire but i'm just like blown away because like, but that's that's what i'm saying the because... most expensive diamond in the world is 250 million dollars and then the so then i guess if, the if we're thinking that this is a sapphire, a sapphire. Yeah, yeah in the movie the heart of the ocean is supposed to be like a rare diamond right right but, like i just feel like that size sapphire would be so much like I don't remember because so my basis for everything is like celebrity engagement rings just because I feel like it's the closest we get to get access to like viewing giant jewelry because I feel like it's all like socialites that we don't see but like I think about like um, JLo's first ring from Ben Affleck the pink diamond ring do you remember it okay Mm -hmm. wait this is a good this is a good comparison princess diana's ring which i guess is now kate's ring which is a sapphire oh yeah at time of purchase the cost of the ring was forty-seven thousand pounds oh damn which which so like fifty thousand dollars like um depending on on what the conversion rate was at the time this article says that nowadays that would well, because it's like today the ring is worth a lot more than that be- because it was Diana. Diana had it on her hand. Yeah. But like, I think that puts in, and obviously that's like a little bit before the ring that we're talking about, but that's like a, a decent sized sapphire. And it's only like probably in the 50s or 60s. Can you guys see my screen? We yeah. can. This ring was worth $1.2 million. But again, it's a diamond. But it's a diamond. But like, explain it to me. Sapphires are actually not sapphires are that not expensive. As, yeah, I guess sapphires are like, how much are sapphire? Well, okay. So sapphires can range from 25. So, okay. The most expensive sapphire that's ever been sold was $135,000 per carat. So how, how many carats was the heart of the ocean sapphire? 171. So, okay. 171 yeah. times. Plus now we're doing math. Welcome to math times. 171 times 135,000 is, I mean, that's 23 million, but okay. You see? <laughs> but that's the most expensive sapphire. But that's the most expensive sapphire. sapphire ever. Yeah, it would, I mean. But it would still be more than like a million. No, okay. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm guessing the most expensive sapphire ever like known is probably not the size that this ring or that this necklace is. Thank you for showing me uh, a necklace off Etsy. So my thinking is that it's probably that to get one that size, it would have to be like a lesser quality sapphire. Okay. Guys, I figured it out. I figured it out. Most okay. top tier <gasps> sapphire. What? It has more than 102 diamonds what it's saying is the heart itself is surrounded by 102 diamonds so what about all these see that's the part that i don't get because what i've what i've discovered right is a top tier like sapphire on average goes for 11,000 per carat okay so you multiply that by 171 you got 1.8 million okay so i'm guessing now i understand that this is inflation so if inflation right is we're dealing with that's worth 2.8 million today so let, let's just keep that as a number because if we get too complicated with this math i'm gonna start crying um 
if we're looking at 1.8 with the top tier of 11,000 per carat for the sapphire, then that leaves roughly 1.4 million for the diamonds, which makes more sense to me because the diamonds are going to be worth more. So wouldn't it be worth more? No, what I'm saying is I think it's priced just right. <laughs> okay. Okay, my jeweler. <laughs> I just it doesn't look very nice. That does not look that looks like Madame Tussauds. Oh my god, this is a Madame Tussauds. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like look at this. That looks so nice. So is the real heart of the ocean at Madame Tussauds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we gotta go find it and steal it. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh You've God. heard of stealing the Declaration of Independence. Wait, that should be Ocean's Nine. There's a treasure map on the back of the heart of the ocean. It's going to take it be, to the bottom of the Titanic. That should be Ocean's Nine, and Celine Dion should be in it. Like the Wait. Anne Hathaway character. We'll write it, and that's that's the movie I direct that Nicole write it is Mindy Kaling. Yes. No I'll us. direct it. <laughs> no us. Oh, my God. That would be really good. Do you know what it could be? Um, years later, uh, roughly like I guess four years later, and Britney Spears's "Oops, I Did It Again," her oh boyfriend God. gives it to her, and he says, "I thought the old." She says, "I thought the old lady dropped it in the ocean again." That's where it is. That's why nobody's seen it because the Britney neurosurgeon Spears got it for her. Did you know mm-hmm. he's a neurosurgeon? Is he really? Oh my God, I don't know why he's in that music video. I need someone to explain it to me. I've never understood it. He's just like a neurosurgeon, just chilling in that music video. Who did he know that like truly to be in like the most anticipated video ever, to be honest? Like, who are you? Ugh. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Miss Nicole Ackman now to discuss. All right. Now that I am Titanic. done eating my Sonic. Um. <laughs> A Titanic expert so- on standby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously, um, eventually, at the end of of all of these days, uh, the film was finished, but <laughs> miraculously, frankly. Um, but the thing is that it was not finished at the time that they thought it was going to be. Obviously, so 20th Century Fox and Paramount co-financed Titanic and Paramount was going to handle the North American distribution and Fox do the international release and they had planned for a release on July 2nd 1997 and they wanted to like exploit the lucrative summer season ticket sales when blockbuster films typically do better you know they want to get in the uh so to speak like Top Gun Maverick spot but in April James Cameron was like "Mm, no we need more time because these special effects are really complicated. That's not going to happen. And they were like, I, I feel like at that point they were probably like, okay, what fucking ever, James? Like, <laughs> but uh, they pushed back the release date to December 19th, 1997, um, which made people think that the film itself was going to be a disaster. Like people thought that the reason that they needed more time for it was because it wasn't good, which makes sense. It's still, I feel like what we feel whenever a film gets like pushed and and sometimes it's not true and sometimes it is. Uh, But there was a preview screening in Minneapolis on July 14th that generated positive reviews and uh, 
the source said that the chatter on the internet was responsible for more favorable word of mouth about the film. Now, I'm sorry, but the idea of like chatter on the internet in 1997 is kind of funny to me. You think um, it was like AOL, AOL chat rooms? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the AOL chat rooms were like, this was actually great. Because I did <laughs> find like a, like a cough, like on like the internet, like a copy of um, Variety, like the printed newspaper version of like a pun about titanic the movie sinking oh like God. the real titanic and i was like yep. are you fucking kidding like yep what but it's some low-hanging fruit literally <laughs> but i was like was scott Reinberg who's writing them but like <laughs> <laughs> wrong paper wrong outlet i'm so sorry but i just like i don't believe that one screening was like of normal people by the way it was just normal people yep. going to the movie theater and they're like want to see this movie instead <laughs> like what also do you right? think you did this screening after the release date had passed just to get people to know it was real like probably because this is before like we were getting like first looks and stuff like you know yep. it's so crazy yeah it doesn't premiere until november 1st 1997 at the Tokyo International Film Festival. And the reaction was described by the New York Times as tepid. Uh, but then- <laughs> positive... Titanic? Right, which is like strange. I'm literally like, who is seeing this? Um, I feel like, though the thing is, sometimes like at film festivals, like you just see so many movies that like, I'm like, was it late in the festival? So people were just like tired. <laughs> what else premiered then? You keep talking, I'm going to Google. Great questions. Uh, but then positive reviews started to appear back in the U.S. And the official Hollywood premiere was December 14th, 1997, where the big movie stars who attended the opening were enthusiastically gushing about the film to the world media, which is kind of funny because, like, yeah, of course, um, they were invited to this premiere. But I do think it's it's sort of a funny film to think about, like, having its premiere at a film festival because it is so blockbustery like but i i say that and yet like what especially the tokyo film festival right and i say that and yet like what was it top gun maverick that premiered at um can can this year so but i feel like recently they've always had like a blockbuster yeah movie okay i can't find what else was playing that year but the perfect circle won okay. their grand prix award um i've never okay heard, i've never heard of this <laughs> yeah movie. same um their best director award went to the director of that film um he's from bosnia oh interesting again tokyo is a weird place Wait, where can we the talk film about titanic what won the who won the best actress award in 2006 at this film festival who Abigail Breslin for Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. Oh my God. Hey. What is this film festival? It's like people I've never heard of, and then like in movies I've never heard of. And then for some reason, Abigail Breslin won for Little Miss Sunshine. And then in 2011, Glenn Close won for Albert Nobbs. No. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I really okay. hate that movie. You had really me at Abigail Breslin for Little Miss Sunshine, but you lost me there. That movie is so bad. I hate and then movie. also another funny thing about this film festival, do you know when they started giving out the Best Actress Award? 1987. Do you know when they started giving out the Best Actor Award? 2014. <laughs> Wait, who was the first person to win it? 
Robert. I don't know. He's from Poland. I don't want to. Oh, okay. Wachowski. Wachowski's. I don't know. I'm really sorry. (laughs) He's one at the Chicago. Sorry to Poland. I'm really sorry, Poland. I'm just. I have so many questions about this. Like, it still runs, right? It does. It. I don't. I feel like I'm small, and you can not find one year of its run like a full list I can just find like a list of the winners from every I wonder if it used to be a bigger deal film festival maybe and also their dates seem weird like sometimes it's in April and sometimes it's in November strange if anyone listening knows anything about the Tokyo like film festival situation please let us know Tokyo and I've always wanted to go and I had never been to film festival until let's go to Tokyo Oscar Central trip to Tokyo oh my god release only Um, karaoke karaoke Karaoke. we'll sing my heart will go on we'll sing my heart will go on at karaoke I want to go to the Studio Ghibli amusement park I bet you can meet and obviously let's go go. put it on and we'll go to his credit card (laughs) (laughs) the boys will fund the trip and we will go on it (laughs) Yes, they can come. They can carry our stuff. Perfect. Take my picture with Totoro. Yes. <laughs> Official photographer of our trip to Tokyo. <laughs> um, this is how we'll know if Jacob actually listens to the episode. Truly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so before Titanic actually released, a lot of film critics thought that the film would be like a big disappointment at the box office especially because of how expensive it had been to make. Kind of sounds like everyone who doubted Elvis. Um, yeah, I knew you'd like that, Kenzie. Um, but even James Cameron himself at one point thought that he was headed for disaster um, when they were making it. And he said, we labored the, pa- the last six months on Titanic and the absolute knowledge that the studio would lose $100 million. It was a certainty. Um, that just sounds like you're typical, like you're too far into a project and you suddenly are like, this is going to fail. But uh, obviously the film does open and it uh, started receiving like pretty steady attendance right away after it opened on December 19th. And by the end of that weekend, theaters were beginning to actually sell out and it earned eight. Wow. I suddenly forgot how to read numbers. (laughs) It earned $8,658,814 on its opening day and $28,638,131 over the opening weekend across 2,674 theaters. So averaging like $10,700 per venue, ranking number one at the box office ahead of the 18th James Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, But by New Year's Day, it had made over 120 million and obviously was increasing in popularity. Word of mouth obviously was helping it and theaters continued to sell out. Its highest grossing single day was... Saturday, February 14th, 1998, uh, on which it earned $13 million uh, more than eight weeks after its debut. Um, And it does still hold the highest Valentine's Day grosses of all time, which is wild, but also kind of like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense because yes, it's a romantic movie, but also like, oh, for Valentine's Day, let's go see this very romantic film in which half the couple dies. Yeah, (laughs) like, I feel like it was a movie if you were serious about your significant other, if you were wanting to break up with them, like if if how many how many girls or guys tested Mm -hmm. like if I thought this was my significant other, would I 
would I do that? How many girlies do you think asked their boyfriends, would you do that for me? <laughs> How many couples broke up over this movie? Oh, probably a ton because I, yeah. I've kind of thought about this a lot, but I feel like slowly, I feel like Dune is obviously a really exciting next project for Austin Butler, but I personally believe he needs something like Titanic because what Boz Lerman did for Leo with Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet was torpedoed by Titanic. Like that mm-hmm. shot him yep. two in a row, like two, holy shit, this guy would die for me movies. And obviously yep. Elvis was not going to die for Priscilla, but like, that's not the point. But I just feel like yeah, another like, holy shit, he's a heartthrob and like, he's not going to be hot in Dune. So yeah. we're missing out. We're missing Sad. out. <laughs> I, um... But yeah, so obviously the film did very well. It stayed at number one for 15 consecutive weeks, though. Like That would never happen anymore. Like, what? It's a record. Like four weeks, three weeks, we're shocked. Right? And it stayed in North American theaters for almost 10 months and didn't close until October 1st, 1998. Fun fact, I owned the VHS tape while it was still in theaters. And I was like, why can't I go see it in theaters? My mom said I was too young. And I was like, why can't oh. I? at home but i cannot see it in theaters oh my god i love that i wasn't allowed to watch it till i was um 10 because of the see my parents had the tapes and they let me watch the tapes i watched them because i had two friends who were like in their peak titanic phase and i hated being on the outs of it so i remember straight up begging my parents let me watch it and that's when i got the sex talk and then they let me watch it Wait, I love that Nick inspired the sex talk. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that my parents just let me what watch they did it. Far. They just let me watch it at a very young age and just sent me to get something from the other room during the car scene. No, they were like, "Can you go fetch this from upstairs?" And I'll, we used like, to my siblings. We'd be like, "Do you want to go on a mission?" And we'd make yeah. it sound really exciting. Yep, yep. This is one of the first movies I like remember watching um, as a child. <laughs> And then I would said, I will make this my whole personality. Um, and then a few months ago, Kenzie like reawakened that part of me. But <laughs> it's I just final... want to say it's all yeah. because it's all because in session film was like, we're doing a Titanic series or episode. And I was like, let me be on it. And they were like, no. And then <laughs> I was like, I'll just watch it by myself then. And then I was like, why can't I do my own Titanic episode? Like... <laughs> So I'm doing multiple episodes. You're welcome yep. in session film. We You're said welcome. a whole series. But also listen to the in session film one once you can. Yeah, definitely listen to that when it's out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why specifically I'm really excited for it other than Titanic. I don't think there's any reason, you know? I don't. Yeah, no, we don't know anyone on it. Uh, <laughs> but the final domestic gross was 600 million seven hundred and eighty eight thousand one hundred and eighty eight dollars which is about a billion dollars in like 2021 money um which i just want to say is more than top gun maverick yes so zip it about top gun maverick toppling titanic it didn't it did in 1997 1998 money but it did not in present day I mean, we also could talk about like Gone with the Wind adjusted for inflation, <laughs> but you know, 
nobody wants to do that. Um, but outside of its domestic grosses, the film made basically double its North American gross uh, worldwide. So it generated, um, Jesus, I'm sorry, the grand total is $1,843,201,268. And it's like initial theatrical run. The way that I struggled to read that number, because I am not used to seeing numbers that large with a dollar sign by them. Uh, <laughs> would love to see that in my checking account. Um, and it did become the highest grossing film of all time worldwide in 1998, obviously. Remained there for 12 years until Do you know Avatar. how much that is right now? So much? Three yes. billion, three hundred and fifty million and six hundred and seventy nine. Wait. Damn. Three billion. Oh my god. Hold on. Never mind. Back up. Back up. Back up. Okay. It did. I'm. So, I don't know how to read numbers. Me either. How do I read this? It's such a big number. I don't understand. Billions are weird though because like they go up a lot slower than you think because billions are so large. That sounded really dumb, but like I'm trying to make an okay. Point. Three. It was right. Three billion three hundred fifty million six hundred seventy nine thousand eight hundred twenty one dollars. That is so much. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. I it's a lot. You know, y- you did it. You did it, James. We did it, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it it holds its like record until Avatar in two thousand and nine, which, as we know, was also written and directed by James Cameron. So once again, you did it, James. Um, but let's see. And the highest grossing film before that had been uh, Star Wars. And George Lucas actually took out like a full page ad in Variety to congratulate Titanic on breaking that, which I think was actually quite nice of him. Um, it kind of started that maybe a thing. little passive aggressive. I I mean there was like a thing like so it was Jaws and he and then like it was Star Wars and then he took out an ad for him and they all kept doing it and like. James Cameron took one out for one of the Avengers movies and then it died with that because it's just been Marvel movies ever since. For a second I thought you were going to be like and then James Cameron took one out for himself. (laughs) (laughs) He dethroned himself. Can you buddy? Congrats buddy. That would be so funny. Congrats Jim. Love Jim. (laughs) He should have done it. He should have done it. Yep. Um, In any case... The way that I first saw Titanic <laughs> was on the two-tape VHS version. I can, like, see the VHS yep. set oh, in I my mind my, right now. So, um, Kevin Jacobson oh sent me his... He cleared out, um, I think it was his grandma's house, and she had it, oh and God. I was like, can I have that? And um, he sent it to me. Wait, that's incredible. Yeah, because I, I have that. it at my parents' house, but it's obviously in terrible yep. condition. But he yep. sent me the one. It's post-Oscar, so it's gold. And it said like won 11 Oscars on it. It's beautiful. That's fancy. Oh, I love that. But shout out to Kevin Jacobson. Yeah, we love Kevin. We love Kev. The true MVP. Um, But it, the, they released the VHS set on uh, September 1st of 1998. So like Kenzie said earlier, the film was still in theaters when they released it, but got also like TBT when you had to have a double VHS if the movie was long enough. 
That was when you um, did the two tape player. Mm. Yeah. Oh my god. Sometimes I'd only watch the second tape because I wanted to just skip to the action. Oh my god. I'm a, I didn't I'm a one that. That ta- I'm a tape one truther. It's the better tape. I would sometimes I, just watch the first tape. <laughs> I remember my like I don't know if I'm remembering this right, but I feel like the first tape, the cover was like Titanic like the ship and it had jack and rose like juxtaposed in the clouds but then the second one if i'm remembering correctly it's the like, ship sinking it's the ship sinking and it's like jack and rose like clutching to the door mm-hmm. and i remember the side line one had the little Spoilers. window do you know my favorite bill Hader anecdote it does have to do with titanic and movie releases so it is relevant okay. i'm not putting us on a rabbit hole so bill Hader, around this time while titanic is making three billion dollars worth of today's money is working in a movie theater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, or maybe it was LA. I don't remember. Anyway, so he is tearing tickets and this group of sorority girls comes in and is like being really rude to him. So as he tears each girl's ticket, because it's like a whole sorority, like went and had a sorority night out to go see Titanic. As he tears each ticket, he gives them a spoiler of the movie. So he's like, the boat sinks. Leo dies. You think he's sleeping, but he's not. He's frozen. He pulls his cold, his cold dead hands off her oh and he sinks God. to the bottom of the ocean. That's my favorite Bill H- Hader anecdote. That is so mean. I know. Oh I my them. God. Wow. Okay. Uh, in any case, uh, <laughs> Blockbuster chains, uh, remember Blockbuster? I uh, stayed open until 2 a.m. in order to start selling it at midnight. Um, and in Bay Ridge, a video store promoting the release had a eight foot ice sculpture of the ship, which feels to me a little insensitive. <laughs> no, no. The next one is the most insensitive thing but, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the worst. Okay. Okay. To be fair though, like this would happen in Dallas. Like no, I'm from but, like, Dallas. This is so no mean. Listen, I had to read a whole book last semester of school about the museum about JFK's assassination <laughs> and um that is the most yeah. offensive thing I've ever been to in my life yep. or the yep. um the field trip we would take and they're like see that x on the on the pavement that's where he got shot in the head and I'm like I'm seven I don't need to hear this <laughs> yep um but in dallas stores offered a free rental to the customer who brought in the largest chunk of ice i have a serious question about this was there like a time limit like show up between these hours and whoever's did they like measure the ice like what if they bring it into the, the biggest like ice? i'm just picturing like the blockbuster carpet getting soaking wet because all these chunks of ice are being dragged through like somebody probably because it's Dallas and I'm sorry to generalize uh Kenzie I'm from West Virginia okay I get it like someone probably pulled up in a pickup truck with this <laughs> giant, giant ass block giant of ice in the pickup truck <laughs> and like when did they announce it can people like start like freezing water like were people buying kiddie pools and freezing it like I someone know. goes to their chest freezer and is like we have to fill this up or we will have to pay 20 dollars to rent titanic 
I can't. Also, just for a free rental. It's not like it's for <laughs> the copy of the VHS. The movie? Yeah. <laughs> you don't even I would roll up with an ice cube and be like, here. <laughs> I would just tape a bunch together and hope they didn't notice. It's the same color. I would just bring in a giant thing. Of, I would go to Michael's and just get a giant thing of plastic and just be like, here you go. This is ice. Just put ice around it. Yep. I feel like it melted. That was good. I love this. But yeah, so, you know, shout out to everyone who owned that VHS, though. If you won the free rental at Blockbuster in Dallas, <laughs> please let us know. Please yeah, let us please know. Let us and know. I and please, if you can, show us pictures of this largest chunk of ice. And please let us know what that rental price would have been and how much money you saved by bringing in the large. Because that's the part I can't get over. It's like the stakes seem pretty, pretty small. <laughs> that was so good um that's actually the best place to stop this madness um but we will be doing a part three and it will be nicole's time to shine it will be the historical accuracy and real historical events and timeline of the actual titanic um so if you're not just a fan of the oscar-winning movie be on the lookout for part three of this series um get ready to learn about molly brown also i wish that everyone could see this but my dog is trying to get out of my office right now and he truly keeps like banging against the doors in a way that genuinely reminds me of the scene in titanic when the third class passengers are trying to get out of the bottom of the ship oh my god are you calling Theo a third class passenger i'm calling him fabrizio Have you all seen Titanic with bunnies? No. What? No. Wait, y'all have never seen Titanic with bunnies? No. No. Were you not on the internet in 2008? Yeah, I was. I in was. Grade, I was obsessed with this video. I'm going to send it to you. I will link it in the show notes. There was this video where someone made a little cartoon where they reenact Titanic with bunnies. And I like cartoon bunnies and I literally had it memorized it. and I would, per- I performed it for my homeroom class in eighth grade and I was bullied out of my mind, but I was really proud. I can still recite it to this day. I would have defended you. Thank you. I love You're Titanic. Welcome. I would have defended you. Thank you. I will have to send you. I can't believe, man. Kenzie oh, says I would have defended you, but only because it was Titanic. <laughs> I need you to recite it right now okay wait it was um so first it like oh my god the like title card and it's like the heart does things like a one and then it like, sound the like bunnies it, it's like it's it's pitched okay, the whole, how like, do bunnies sound in your mind like you know like what are you at like make a bunny noise kenzie no <laughs> exactly. it was like kind of pitched and also the 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 thing was, it was under, le- it was in less than a minute that they would reenact it. So it was like, um, Titanic was called the ship of dreams. And a it minute? was God himself cannot sink this ship. I'm king of the world. I'll jump. No, you won't. Yes, I will. And then I went, ha, 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 ha. well, it showed like the, um, the drawing scene and the I'm flying scene. And then it was like iceberg right ahead. Ah! And then they hit the iceberg and then the sink start or the ship started sinking 
and it was like, I have a child. And it's like, ah, and then this like boat goes down and then Rose is like, I won't let go Jack. And then he like goes to the bottom of the ocean and then she's holding the heart of the ocean. She goes, ah, and she throws it off. I literally, am not joking. I would recite this from memory. You have to find this. I'm finding it right now. I'm going on YouTube right now and I'm searching Titanic with bunnies and I'm sending it to you both. Oh my okay. God. This is amazing. Put it in the show notes. Either that or I, I really it. will. Um, but, and if you're not into Titanic, we will be covering amazing things such as A24 films at the Oscars. Um, if you're not festivals. into Titanic, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Very impressed that you made it this far. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, like we'll cover like film festivals, etc. cetera. And um, for sure, the bunnies in Titan of recreating Titanic will be in the show notes. Uh, please watch it. Oh yeah. Wait, a little, a little festival announcement buried at the end of this episode is that both jacob and i are going to tiff yes um, so, so get iconic. really excited for toronto film festival coverage from yes oscar central love it so much i'm so excited for both of y'all and like all of our friends going um yeah. it's gonna be so great and lex and i will be in the united states doing absolutely nothing except jacob and i will facetime you yeah just with our roomie me, Eric Anderson. Yeah, just put, <laughs> put us on like another chair, you know? Like yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so lots of exciting things to come. Um, Lex, where can everyone find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram at, at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore. I'm trying to think of a different social media handle because being called Alexis is my least favorite thing in the world. Um, but that has just been my social media handle for however long. So that's where we're at. Where we're Everyone at. send your recommendations for social yeah. media handles. To my, my TikTok is Moonshoes Lexi, but like, I don't want a star kid reference to be my <laughs> main go-to. So sorry. So comment in your review. Of it should her... be Bunny Titanic Lex. Yeah, uh. <laughs> literally. Titanic with bunnies, Eddie Munson lover, two, 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 four. It sounds very long, like you would <laughs> run out of characters. Yep, but I doubt it's taken. I doubt it's taken. I feel like you could do it. Yep. Um, Nicole is photographing her dog, but <laughs> I'm trying to catch him doing the thing that's making me think of the Titanic scene, but he keeps stopping whenever I go to photograph him. In any case, you can find me uh, with pictures of my dog Theo, who also clearly has a lot of feelings about Titanic um on twitter instagram letterbox at nicole ackman 16 while we're plugging things my tiktok is at nicole Brittany 16 um come chat with me about titanic and i'm not joking if someone knows like the results of that dallas for real ice, i'm not thing, joking tell us get in we touch need to, i will give you a free copy of the dvd of the blue yeah one. i'll splurge yeah um i'll split that cost with you i will <laughs> buy you a red box rental i will pay for you to rent a movie red on box. Redbox. <laughs> i will send you i will send you a venmo to buy a slushy uh, i will venmo you to rent <laughs> titanic on amazon yeah well because that's ice that's, that's true, that's true. Yeah. um <laughs> That's amazing. You can follow me on everything at Kinswinunu, and then you can visit our website, oscarcentral.com. You can follow us on all social medias, Oscar underscore central. If you know someone who has the Oscar Central app, 
please tell them to give it up. I don't understand. They created it the same day I bought the URL. Please release it. Um, but yeah, so just stay tuned for more Titanic and other movie coverage. And we will see you next time where we will still be campaigning for Austin Butler to win an Oscar for his portrayal of Elvis Presley. <laughs>